Well, hey, uh, we're starting a little podcast series um, leading into Easter, and I'm Pastor Shane, and I'm here with the one, the only, Pastor Dan. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing okay today. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks for asking. Good. So here, uh, let's start off with a little fun, little just interaction, because we have no idea what to call this thing. So call this podcast. So if, if you were naming this podcast, what would you name it? Well, that's a good question. See, if I was leading it, I, it, would, it would be, I want to be frank with you. Be frank with you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, since you're going to be leading it, I, you know, I, I, I think you have to name it. So uh, on the mark with Shane Marks. I like it. <laughs> no, we'll just call it podcast with Shane or something like that. But uh, we could, you could cause, call it shame on you. Shame on you. Yes. <laughs> shame on me. And yeah. so our whole goal for this podcast is we're going to be talking about characters in the Bible um, in, that interacted with Jesus as he made his journey to the cross as we lead into Easter. But before we get too far into that, you just want to give us an update. How are you doing? How, how are things going uh, with your life? Well, they're going fairly well. Uh, obviously, most of you know I lost my son, mm-hmm. and uh, I cry every day nearly, Yeah, and then I move, move on. Yeah. And so I'm doing well with that. I have great peace about where he is, and I have a great peace about the fact that uh, I'll see him again. Yeah. And so awesome. that, that is all good. My health is improving uh, on a weekly basis, and so I'm pleased with that. I have a new doc that's uh, coaching me and helping me from UC Davis, and that's been really a good blessing. Awesome. Awesome. So you feel like things are projecting and going the right way health-wise? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you've gone through this horrible experience that no parent ever wants to go through, and, and you've had to process through that. You know, what is one thing in this experience that God has showed you or taught you through this time? Well, I would say this, that there's no way you can ever prepare mm. for that phone call. Yeah. But the reality is, is that a lifestyle of devotion to Jesus makes a huge difference in your life. That's good. That's good. That's good. Because we can't just wait until things get hard, you know, and then we'll flip the switch and be ready to lean into Him. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's and so Scripture good. has played a major role mm. in that process of preparing, yeah. and I've learned a lot about prayer. I've learned a lot about God. Yeah. And the fact is, is that I thought, you know, I knew God pretty well. Mm. And this experience with both my illness and the loss of my son yeah. has thrust me into a place where I had to start over and say, God, what do I really know about wow. you? So I, I've had to throw everything up in the air and say, okay, God, what lands lands about mm. you? And my faith is absolutely intact. Yeah. I love Jesus more today than I've ever loved him. And uh, he is revealing himself to me on a regular basis. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, how, how old are you, Pastor Dan? Do you mind saying on here? Uh, if you don't, just like mouth a number. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind uh, telling you how uh, old I am. I'm 70 years old. 70 years old. I, it's, no, not seven, 70. 70, I, yeah, 70. I just want to be clear uh, about that. Good. I act like seven, but <laughs> I'm really 70. I think it's so encouraging to hear you say that you are... Like move your faith is still moving at 70 years old. It's still shifting. You know, your relationship with Jesus is still progressing and morphing and he's moving it and taking you in new directions at 70. Because I feel sometimes even especially for the younger uh ones maybe watching this, it's like I have to have it figured out now as a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 20-year-old. I have, if if I don't have it figured out now and I don't have it all hundred percent locked in, like what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. so I think hearing someone like you, as someone who's 
70 years old saying, you know what? God's still teaching me stuff. I think that's just really cool. I think that's something that kind of gives me a little bit of freedom to be sometimes okay not being okay mm-hmm. and be okay not having the answers for everything, knowing that I'm, I'm going to be on this journey for a long time learning this, hopefully. Yeah. Well, when you think about who God is, yeah. He is infinite in who in His character. Yeah. And what that means is that we'll spend an eternity mm. learning about God, because how could you ever exhaust wow. God? Wow. And, a... and I'm looking forward to that face-to-face yeah. time, and uh, that that's going to be an awesome thing. But the reality is, is that He is so beyond our ability to imagine mm. or think yeah. or comprehend who He is. So we'll spend the rest of our existence knowing Him. Yeah, and we, we try to comprehend Him with our Earth-sized box, right? Like here's right. this is how God, this is who God is. There's just no way we can even come close to that. It's like a a fraction, if even that, of what we don't know. And mm-hmm. it's just going to be so cool to have those kind of experiences. But let's let's get let's direct this towards Easter. As we're leading into Easter. We're talking about some characters, some events that happen in the life of Jesus, and what we're going to talk about today is my guy Lazarus. So a little quick backstory, just to make sure everybody knows, Lazarus is a close friend of Jesus, and Jesus is off away from him, and he's called back to Lazarus to help him, to pray for him, to save him almost, and Jesus takes his time. He stays there. I would love to pick your brain on that. What do you think on that? But before, let me just finish the story. He comes back, finds Lazarus in a tomb. Lazarus has died. And the story goes on. Jesus enters the tomb, brings Lazarus back from the dead, resurrects him. And I just want to pick your brain on a couple of things when it comes to that. What does the, the resurrection of Lazarus mean uh, to the overall Christian faith, who Jesus is? Why is it important leading into Easter? That's an amazing question, mm. but let's back up for just yeah. a minute and and think about how intentional Jesus was with staying away. Mm-hmm. He had gotten word yeah. that his friend Lazarus was going to die or was very sick. Yeah. And so Jesus not just uh, hesitates, he intentionally waits. Yeah. And he says to his disciples, Lazarus sleeps, and they go, well, you know, good night, that's a good thing. And, yeah. and he said, no, let me be clear, Lazarus is going to die, he's dead. Yeah. And so he, when Jesus finally shows up, uh, Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. Wow, yeah. And he's been sealed, and his body is stinking, and, and uh, everybody is angry a bit yeah. with Jesus. Why didn't Jesus come? Why didn't he come? Thought he liked him. And so you see so much about Jesus and the resurrection and what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, first of all, Lazarus is a type of our resurrection. Uh, Hmm. Jesus says that he is is the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in him shall never perish. So Jesus uses that as a very teachable moment. Mm -hmm. But when you think about why Jesus stayed back, Mm -hmm. why he didn't immediately rush to the scene, because he is the one who is the miracle-giving, life-powering God... I believe with all my heart it's because that was the one miracle that was going to bring about Jesus's death. Hmm. Because at that moment in time they could they could kind of explain away a lot of the yeah. miracles that Jesus had done. They could lump it into some other stuff that's been yeah. close to it before, yeah. yeah. That's good. And but this one, this this notable yeah. miracle where his fame began to grow, and they couldn't stop it. The religious leaders couldn't stop it. And what they're really afraid of yeah. is that somehow, some way, 
that this resurrection, this miracle, was going to disrupt their little kingdom. Hmm. That's what they're really yeah. afraid of. Yeah. And they didn't want Rome to come down on them and come in and take away their temple. And and so in some ways, their motives were kind of okay, kind of okay. Yeah. But the reality is, is they are still building their own kingdoms. Yeah. They, were all, they were building their own religious kingdoms. Yeah. So Jesus stays away, and he intentionally resurrects Lazarus. And when he does, uh, literally, literally, everything breaks loose at yeah. that moment in time. From that moment forward, when the religious leaders of the day got word of it, Shane, yeah. they plotted his death. Yeah, they that was the waiting, starting point. They were waiting for him to come to Jerusalem so mm. that they could capture him and then execute him. Yeah, And so that was such an important part of the Easter story, yeah. because it was the thing that brought about the death of Jesus. Yeah. So if that's the plan, right, and this is what the whole thing, why Jesus is staying away, he comes. Something that always baffled people some uh, in their reading this, and I have my own beliefs on it, but I want to hear from you. Why does Jesus weep? Why do you stay away? And then you get the shortest passage in Scripture that says Jesus wept. Why is he crying? If He, he had a plan. He knew what he was going to do with Lazarus. He knew what's coming. Why does he weep in that moment at the tomb of Lazarus before he enters? You know, that's a great question, and I don't think we can answer that yeah. question with certainty, Yeah. but I can give you my take on it. Yeah, good. I believe a couple things are at play here. First yeah. of all, I believe that what we see is the humanity of Jesus. Mm. We see Him, and you see Him in a way that He has His passion yeah. for His friend Lazarus, yeah. and He knows that... Think about this. Lazarus is going to have to die twice. Yeah. <laughs> so he died the first time. Yeah. And if I was Lazarus, I'd be really ripped off at Jesus because yeah. you get to go to heaven. And, yeah. and now they Hey, sorry. Say, uh, time to come back. <laughs> time to come back. What an eviction now, notice that would be like, no, yeah. I'm good. Jesus, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> that, would, that would be horrible yeah. news for me, at least. And so I think that he wept because he had this great passion for his, mm. his friend. Yeah. And I think he wept because he knew the implications of what was in front of him. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's complicated, but I believe that that what you really see is the humanity of Jesus just glaring at you at that moment in time. Yeah, yeah you get to see the human side of that. Yeah. I've heard some interpretations when it comes to the weeping is him entering into the mourning and the pain of others there. That even though he knew what was to come, there's still the pain in that moment that Lazarus is dead. I've heard of other ones, like you kind of said, that Lazarus has to come back and then have to die again. Is Jesus weeping because like, hey, I'm going to save you, Lazarus, but <laughs> you're going to have to go through this again. You know? And so I, I, I find that interesting. And I love the take of this is the kickoff, because it is true. This is that miracle that he performs that is so outside of the box of other things that have happened or been done before that it sets him apart. And his following's growing. He's getting ready to go to the city. Um, what would you say when it comes to Jesus, right? Why, if you, this is all hypothetical, right? So this isn't like pull out the scripture and say this, but when you look at the life of Jesus, why, why did he, why would he choose to do it this way? Why, why wouldn't he just come down make his plan here on heaven, why does he have this whole plan that kind of plays out of his death on the cross that starts here, kicks off with him becoming persecuted from this moment on, but it leads to him on the cross, ultimately 
in the grave that he conquers. Why, why do you feel like that's the plan? Why did Jesus have to come and do it this way? Well, the, the short answer to that yeah. question is, is that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Yeah. And because of the brokenness of humanity and the brokenness of you and me, Shane, yeah. because we had a problem with sin that couldn't be fixed yeah. in any other way except for the shedding of blood. Yeah. So there had to be an atonement made for our sin. Yeah. So that's the short answer. Yeah. Uh, and it is a, a powerful thing when you think about the death of Jesus Christ, when yeah. you think about how it all came about, the all the things that led up to Easter, his the brutality that happened to him and yeah. the rejection, the persecution, and even in that last week, mm-hmm. uh, that was all a part of the atonement mm-hmm. that would be brought about for the sake of mankind, yeah. for anyone who would believe and receive Jesus Christ. It is the defining moment of humanity, yeah. and it's the defining moment of God's love for humanity. Yeah. Well, does that mean? What does that mean for you personally? What is the resurrection? Not just like the pastor, not but like you personally. When you think of the resurrection, of like you said earlier, the Lazarus resurrection is a, what we will experience from death to life in a relationship with Christ. But the resurrection of Christ conquering the grave. What does that mean for you personally? Well, that's a great question because if I'm really honest with yeah. you. Until I found Christ, yeah. until I found the resurrection of Christ, death scared the daylights out yeah. of me. Yeah. I mean, I would think I would lay awake at night thinking about death. Yeah. And because it was something that I didn't want to think about, yeah. the resurrection was a game changer for me. Yeah. And now I face life without the fear of death. In mm-hmm. fact, I long for that time when I get to take my last breath. Mm which is what every Christian should long yeah, for. Yeah. And I get to step into the presence of God for eternity and never have to worry about, for one second again, ever dying. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the this crowning work of God in yeah. terms of His love for humanity and, his, and in terms of how He rescues us from not only our plight of sin, but from our greatest fears. Yeah. And you've taken that moment, you get saved when? What years did you get saved? I got saved February 13th, yeah. 1977. Wow. wow. At about two o'clock in the afternoon. You do have it down to the time I stamp? do. I do. And I love the joke that you always say is Judy got saved at the same time. Yeah, you... we came to Christ together. <laughs> That's but, awesome. but, but the reality is, is that I meant it just one millisecond faster. <laughs> and uh, so I'm, you know, a little bit older in the Lord than she is. <laughs> okay. So just a couple seconds. Just, no, 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 no. Just a millisecond. Millisecond. Okay. A millisecond. <laughs> Your hand went up first. Yes. All right. Well, we actually it was in our it was in our apartment. Mm. We asked the pastor to come over and because uh, we went to church. Yeah. And the pastor preached this message that just uh, undid us. Yeah. I mean, it really did. Yeah. It was one of those things that uh, caused us, our world was shaken. Yeah. And so we we called a friend that invited us to church and asked that friend to call the pastor. And the pastor came over to our apartment that afternoon, and yeah. he walked us through the gospel. Beautiful. And and both we got on our knees, and I want to tell you honestly, I bawled like a baby. <laughs> I love that. I bawled like a baby, and... And uh, I meant it, and yeah. uh, I I got up off my knees that day, and uh, my life, because of Jesus, was transformed forever and ever and ever. That's awesome. That's awesome. And now, how many years later? We're 30, 40 years later? Am I right on the time there? What? Yeah, it would be between... It would be about 45-some years later. 45 somewhere. years later. 46 years, somewhere in there. I, I don't keep track of the time, but yeah. it's a long time. I've walked with Jesus for you know nearly 50 years. Yeah. Serving Jesus, 
Grace Church, all this stuff, all the accomplishments that's happened, how God's used you. And it's interesting to me, when I think of the resurrection, right, you say it's this radical transformation point that gives you hope for eternity. You know, our faith is built around the resurrection, right? You know, it it's, it's built around the resurrection of Christ. And I think you said something earlier that kind of is just starting to cycle back, that they didn't want it to disrupt their lives, their kingdom. I think nowadays that is something still today that stops people from engaging with the resurrection truth of Christ. It is. It is. I mean, honestly, even for my own life, uh, I was raised with a grandmother mm. that constantly told me about Jesus. Yeah. And I resisted it because I had a lifestyle mm. that I didn't want to give up. Yeah. And because of that lifestyle, I would reject Jesus for for years and years yeah. until finally he just shook me to the core. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, we are all about that in, yeah. in our unsaved lives. And when Christ enters our life, and it shows you the power of God, yeah. because the because Jesus is all about shattering kingdoms yeah. and establishing his own kingdom for our lives. Yeah. yeah, I mean, completely breaking down that old kingdom or the old you, yes. you know, and rebuilding from the inside out. I love mm-hmm. that. I love yeah. that. And if you could say to anybody who's maybe listening to this or maybe watching this, when it comes to them, and let's talk to the person who's on the edge, who's like, okay, I've gone to church, I, I like the songs, pastors are okay, you know, uh, except Dan, he's great. The other guy, I don't know. Um, I like the the videos they play, but I can't get over the resurrection piece. Like somebody coming back to life, even Lazarus. Like the idea of something being dead, I've never seen that with my own eyes. How do I believe it? What would you say to him? Well, first of all, I would say for you to be an unbeliever takes as much faith as being a believer. Yeah. So... Either way, you have to exercise faith. Yeah. So in the end, let's say, for example, uh, I get to the end of my life and none of this is true. Hmm. None of it is true. Yeah. I have lived a a lie yeah. uh, and I die and I just go into non-existence. Yeah. Let's say that for go just a second. Into the earth and, I just go back yeah. into the earth and, and I don't exist anymore. Yeah. So if I believe in Jesus, if I believe in Jesus and that takes place, I lose nothing. Yeah. But... If it's all true, yeah, which I believe it is, yeah, and I reject the resurrection, yeah, then everything at that moment in time is lost, not just for a moment, yeah, but for all eternity. Yeah, is the resurrection is the resurrection a non-negotiable in the Christian faith? It is absolutely it's, is. It is a centerpiece of the Christian faith. And in fact, the scripture says that we have to believe that he was raised from the dead to be saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is a point that's non-negotiable. You have to believe that Jesus came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died, was buried, and rose again for yeah. you to actually, actually become a child of God. You can't just—he can't just be a guy, can't just be a prophet. He, he, he's the risen Savior, the Messiah. He's the risen Savior. That's awesome. And so— um, we're closing out. You know, we've talked a little bit about Lazarus. We've talked about the idea of resurrection, um, things coming back to life, and what that means for us. And I would just love maybe if you could just close us out and like praying over whoever's watching this, maybe or hearing this. Just it, it, maybe there's something in their life 
that they need to allow that resurrection power to disrupt a little bit. Like we talked about right. that, that when you lean into that, there's things in our life that we want to hold back from it. We'll give part of our life to Christ. We'll give this area. But the resurrection and that truth and taking over our whole life is another step. And maybe you could just pray for them and yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. But before we do that, yeah. I just want to say... When it comes to Christ, it's all or nothing. All or nothing. You can't yep. you can't put one toe in the water. No. Nope. It's God. You got to jump into the deep end, and you got to trust and believe that yeah. God is able to save you. Yeah, I read a Billy Graham quote on that note uh, just a couple days ago. It said, "You know how tragic would it be to almost give your life to God here on Earth, then." Stand before him and almost get to spend eternity with them. Yeah, yeah. I just it pained. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, it started, made me start evaluating my life. Even is there areas in my life that I'm almost there that yeah. I'm still holding back in? I think it's important that we do that. The scariest verse in the Bible yeah. is where Jesus says, "Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I mm-hmm. never knew you." He yep. says that to religious people. Yeah, who are doing work? Who doing work? Who doing work. Are, yes. Let's put it in the context of the people maybe watching who are coming to church, mm-hmm. who are serving even. Who, who were doing the right things, but the relationship and the truth of the resurrection wasn't fully there. Yeah. Was, uh, one more thing. Sorry. We're going to keep closing. This is classic pastors, right? It is. Hey, let's wrap up. No, you wrap up. No, I'll wrap one up. One more point. Ten minutes later. Um, when it comes to this, I was, had this kind of revelation. I was thinking through Jesus' resurrection and the truth. If I really believe it, if I really believe Jesus rose from the grave, created a pathway for me to spend eternity. He is God in flesh. If I really believe that, my life has to look drastically different, right? My days, my hours, my my time spent. I think there's just a, a pandemic of like lackadaisical faith with our Christianity. Like, yeah, I believe in the Savior. I believe in Jesus. I believe he rose from the grave. But my life isn't changed. I think we need a little bit of what you've been talking about, that full throttle injection of the resurrection. That's a line right there. That's a bumper sticker. Right. Get an injection of the resurrection. And to really change us, I think it should change every aspect of our life, right? It has to. Yeah. How could it not change every aspect yeah. of our life yeah. if we truly believe yeah. it changes how we think, how we live, how we behave? Mm-hmm. And my greatest, as a pastor... yeah that's pastored for a very long period of time, yeah. the thing that keeps me awake at night is to know that in my church, yeah. there are people who, have, who, are, who are very faithful mm. to attending, but have never crossed that line, wow. and their lives don't look any different than, yeah. the, than their friends who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And that scares the daylights out of me, yeah. and I, I pray and hope that something shakes people to the core, mm. because I believe the American church is filled with people yeah. that were almost there. Almost there. That's that's scary to think about. Yeah. But it's the truth. It is. It's the truth. Well, let's pray. We're All running right. out of time. Let's All pray. Right. That's right. Here, you pray, and then I'll close. All right. <laughs> no, no, that's... No, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. God, I just come before you this day, and I thank you, God, for your amazing grace in the resurrection. And my prayer for those that are listening to this podcast, I pray, God, that nothing would stand in the way of believing Mm. and trusting and confessing a belief in the resurrection. I pray that you would remove every stumbling block and that, God, that you would show your grace and mercy 
open people's lives in a, in a way that only you can, because we're blinded to this, God. And I just pray this because of your glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Episode one in the books. There it is. <laughs>